Welcome to Sweeping the Country one more time. Today's uh, part two episode from The Vault, and uh, for that we rely on Mr. Jimmy Carter. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, hey, hey. We're talking to Academy Award winner and just about every other kind of award winner, Kevin Costner. Currently, his career is never been bigger because he's on a television show that's streaming called Yellowstone. Oh, I've never heard of that. And, uh, <laughs> that show is, you know, people are just still discovering it for the first time. They're going right. back and watching episode one. Not, you know, because that movie, I mean, that TV show almost said a movie because it is like a movie. It but is, yeah. uh, that show gets, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve million people. So people are going back and saying, well, let's see what this is. Right. And exactly. they start and then they binge it now for six or five seasons, whatever it is. Jimmy, and there's, today, there's, there's always those people, too, that when you tell them about something like The Sopranos or Yellowstone or whatever you want to. Oh, yeah. That don't watch it. They the go, no, nah, nah, I'm not doing it. I'm not watching it. Nope, the Wire. Same thing. I yeah. wouldn't watch it, you know. And then I finally did. And I went crazy and binged the whole thing right, over a great. month or yeah. two period. Yeah. What was there was a couple other ones I watched over a month or two period like that, but white collar you know, was great. The crown yeah. is the crown is one of those that you could go back and do. Yeah, uh, sure. And I just finished recently for the second time watching the first two years of Jack Ryan. Oh, that's great stuff. Yeah, that's. Cool. I didn't remember it so much, and then Bosch. Bosch I love is great. Yeah, Bosch and is all great. the seasons of it. Well, I've watched that now second time because mm-hmm. I'm kind of running out of stuff. I have currently run out of stuff. Have you been watching? Watch. You know, have, have you been watching um, Only Murders uh, in the shit. Building? Yeah, that I have. Okay. I, I, that's I'm not the biggest Steve Martin and uh, Martin, Short. Martin Short fans. I yeah. just not. You know, sometimes you don't really into the people. You don't give them a chance. That's true. And that sometimes is true. you discover new people that you didn't know and you like it. But I'm just I'm not a murder mystery. I don't watch Dateline. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't yeah. really just not into that subject matter. It's like some people say. And I've heard Ted say, I'm not into fantasy. Yeah. My buddy Ted, he yeah. won't watch anything like Star Wars or science fiction or anything like that. Some people won't even give a chance to something like Star Trek. Yeah, It's yeah. amazing. I don't watch Star Trek. I'm that I don't way. watch Star Wars. Hey, I'm I don't that way with stuff. Harry Potter. I won't watch. I have no interest in Harry Potter. I watched <laughs> a little bit of that, but it, I couldn't get into it. All right, right so okay. Kevin Costner. Yeah. We're going to, this period right here, I call the hot period. Okay. He had 15 years of his life that were on fire. I mean, these were big movies. The Bodyguard, The Untouchables, for those two only, you know, he, he plus Dancing with Wolf and some of that. Yeah. We're going to pick it up today with The Bodyguard from 1992. Uh, this is a script that was around forever. No one figured out what to do and who was going to do it. Mm-hmm. I think Stallone might have been attached to it at one point. All kinds of people were trying to. And then... Costner and Whitney Houston, no one thought that was going to work. The soundtrack turned out to be one of the biggest ever. She was a rookie, and then look what you got. This script's been around almost as long as uh, you have in Hollywood, haven't you? As far as uh, you know, your career is yeah, concerned, you knew yeah. it with Lawrence a long time ago. Right. I, I was aware of this script, I think, when I was making Silverado. And uh, that's kind of how I built my career was on what I thought were good stories and good scripts. So I always kind of sniff them out. You know, and, and it doesn't matter to me. In fact, most of the movies I've ever made have been kind of problematic movies in a sense. People either didn't want to make them or they were in turnaround for the most part. I heard that a long time ago this was going to be Barbara Streisand and Steve McQueen. Yeah. That would have been interesting. I think there would have been, been a lot great. of fighting there or something, but it would have been interesting. Yeah, well, that would have been great casting, you know, mm-hmm. I think. And uh, um, 
And so now it's Whitney Houston and Cav. Yeah, I don't know who else could have done this in the ladies, because it had to be really a legitimate singer. It couldn't be some actress that you're faking it. That's with. what I felt. That's what I felt. And you know, you know, you talk about the experience level, but you know, when you start to ask an actress that's well known, even a popular actress that you like, you know, enjoy, for them to make that jump that they're that, you know, you always know in some way that it's an acting job. It's not, mm -hmm. and because Whitney had never been in a movie that bridge suddenly it was like you were actually getting a, a more in-depth look at her life you know so she could take on it as her life a yeah bit. I think and you also buy the concept that she could be in danger or that someone would be a fan of hers because she's basically not playing herself right but she exactly to a way yeah uh, how have you changed really in this 20 years I was looking uh, back at some old tapes I saw an old tape we did at Silverado that's been quite a while you how, did. Is, how is Kevin the uh, actor and the person changed since you hit town here well, you know, we all change, we all go through things, but what's important is what's the same, which is mm -hmm. my love of movies, my desire to be in good movies, to, um, to you know, wait for them, you know, and try. And uh, that hasn't changed. Um, you know, I've had to deal with things that, you know, uh, you, you know, certain instances you could only dream about because I could never imagine. I got a pretty big imagination. Mm -hmm. So there are things flying in front of me that I have to deal with. But, um, you know, hopefully I've, you know, gotten smarter about stuff. And um, But my my basic, the thing that drives me, the thing that's gotten me to right here is still intact, which is, which is, you know, I believe in the movie. I believe more in the script than I even I do myself. You know, I won't be in a movie that doesn't have a great script. How they know it. You know, they know uh, they look in the paper, they try to, you know, is this a good, is it, you know, is it an action? They know it's not going to be action, they know it's not going to be comedy. It could be actually either one of those things. What they genuinely know is it'll be a story. You know, that's kind of my relationship with an audience. How big a deal was Dances with Wills when you look back at it now for a career? Well, did it open a lot of doors or doors Not really, because, open? you know, I mean, there's a you know, movie I wanted to do this coming year that, you know, the director doesn't think I'm right for, that I know I'm right for. And so, you know, I don't get everything that, that I want. Um, nobody in life does. That's probably good, too, isn't it? Well, it, it <laughs> is. In this case, it's bad. <laughs> in this case, it's really bad. Yeah. But, you know, that is life. You know, that's the way it goes. And, I, you know, I put my money into two movies right now that no one really has wanted to make. So... You know, you don't get everything you want. You know, they want you to do the thing that's certain and sure. You know, they know that people are going to like me in a certain kind of movie. And um, I like to be liked, but I also like to be involved with, with original stories. Was there a single movie that you remember the first one you ever saw that changed your life? Probably, um, yeah, How the Westers One Did. You know, I mean, I, 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 well, I got lost in that movie as a little boy seeing a birch bark canoe and mm -hmm. Jimmy Stewart and... Carol Baker and you know just the whole adventure of that you know and and I'm not surprised I w went on in my uh, high school days I was building canoes and when I graduated high school I went down all the rivers that Lewis and Clark had gone down so you know the images you know movies really should be about things that you'll never ever forget in your life and when when you can walk out of a theater and not care about the movie not think about any part of it then you really um, have uh, I don't want to say failed but you really haven't tried because Movies really have to be about something that you'll never forget in your life, a moment, a scene. Were you or are you still a fan of movies, and stars, movie yeah, stars? Yeah, I go to movies. Um, uh, I'm not a fa fan of stars. I'm a fan of people who do good work. Mm -hmm. um, but I go to the movies once a week. You know, I don't really go to premieres. I pay my six, seven bucks, whatever it is, and I go and I boo at the screen or I say that was great. Do you, did you have a fan? That, I mean, somebody, I heard that you liked Kevin, uh, Stephen McQueen. 
Steve was a big yeah. kind of a role model for you in a way. Yeah. Well, he, you know, he's a kind of guy that did the coolest things, right? You know, he, he did. acted the coolest and under pressure and stuff. So when you're a kid, you're always going to respond to those kind of guys. But you, I responded to the Spencer Tracys and the Gary Coopers and the Newmans and McQueen. So, you know, these guys make make up our film history of of that traditional leading man who's kind of quiet and in the end says the right thing, does the right thing, and you know in you know, behaves in a way that we wish we could under great stress. Mm. Nice talking to you again. It's not deep. You know, The Bodyguard is not a deep no. movie. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it, it's almost in a little bit. I, I mean, there's nothing wrong with a made-for-TV movie, but, yeah. you know, it was an enjoyable piece of entertainment. I agree. I, I enjoyed it when I saw the movie. I loved the music. I felt like I, I was. Still love the music. I felt like I was getting a glimpse into what happens behind the scenes because I didn't know I wasn't in show business at the time, so I didn't yeah. know. And I thought, well, this is kind of cool. I think that's it's probably true. There is yeah. a lot of that on the level of. Uh, there's a new documentary out, by the way, that's fantastic. Uh, it's about Shania Twain. Oh, I saw the. Uh, I saw the. And it's pitch on Netflix, it. and uh, I saw for five seconds one yeah. of my old friends, Mike Smith, Detective Mike Smith who's retired uh, Metro Nashville police homicide detective. He was her bodyguard oh, wow. for a while. He oh, went wow. everywhere oh, with her gosh. in those early years. And she, he was in that just for a minute. Oh, that's Saw cool. them walking in, I think, the Mall of America oh, somewhere that's really cool. like that. But Kevin Costner, the bodyguard, um, I have not seen this movie in 10 or 20 years, so I don't know if it holds up. Yeah, I haven't either. Once was all the I... The music think. still holds up. Oh, it's I know great. That. Yeah, the music what does hold up is this movie, the next one. I have watched this movie. It's up there in those movies that I've watched probably more than 10 times. Wow, okay. That would fall into Patton. I've seen over wow. 10 times. I've seen many of the James Bond movies like Goldfinger yeah, I have to. over 10 times. And I have watched this movie at least 10 times. The Untouchables. What a cast. It won the Oscar, the only one he ever won for Sean Connery. Really? Uh, it was 1987 mm. when this movie was made and we talked about it. And one of the things I talked about in this thing, was there really an ever, and was there really an Elliot Ness? Yeah, sure. Or is that something somebody made up like Dick Tracy? <laughs> Kevin, how do you prepare for a role like this? Obviously, some people would say you'd watch the untouchable TV shows, but this movie has no relation to that other than the name. No, it doesn't. I, you know, it's, it's pretty basic in preparation in the sense that you start with a script because that's really what tells you what's happening. And, and uh, immediately on the script, upon agreeing to do the script, one of the reasons was it was not similar. It was bigger. It was. A, it's a better. Mo it's a. It's more exciting. Um, and it w it made no sense to du duplicate some situation. So my preparation came from seeing what the facts of the script were and then and then researching accordingly. I did talk with FBI and Treasury Department people and looked up an existing and touchable. You know. And so I did that kind of thing. But at a certain point, you got to throw that all away because you know this is the scene they want to do. Was there a conscious effort not to be really a cartoon? Sometimes the old gangster movies, if you watch them, had pretty ridiculous violence in them and, and you know, spraying the timing gun everywhere. Mm -hmm. And this seemed to be a little bit more realistic as far as uh, the plot and everything was concerned, I thought. Well, I, I think that's Brian, Brian's influence. Um, and I think it's the influence of the caliber of actor that worked on the set. Uh, you know, we all had things to say about stuff. And, and we, we found that, we found a, a, a middle ground and uh, through the direction of Brian. So 
Uh, and I think it's, you know, the way David wrote his script. I mean, that's David's script and Brian directed the film. I think most of the credit really goes there. I don't want to be ignorant about history, but was there really an Elliot Ness? Yeah, I've, but, I, but I, I understand the question because for a long time, I, he's an icon. I mean, he's, he's, he is kind of a cartoon figure. And somebody once told me, he says, you know, there really was an Elliot Ness. And I was surprised. This was about eight, nine years ago. But I was not aware of it at that point. I always thought of him as like, this is a fable. And it's not. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, working with a director, what do you want or what do you not want from a director? You've been very privileged and you've worked with some uh, yeah. very good ones. Well, you want direction. I, I like direction. Um, the, I guess the, 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 the thing is I don't, re I don't need it. I mean, if they don't have an idea, I will have one. I have a real strong point of view about um, what I want to do. And then I listen to what they have, and we all, we we find it, you know. And uh, when it comes to a real decision, most of the time they're going to get their way because they're they're the director. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, their instincts will come to bear. But the only thing you can ask is that they're not going to let you look foolish because it's there for life, you know. You're the lead in this film, but there are obviously two other actors who have so much history behind them. When they come on the screen, uh, Sean Connery, I mean, you know, he, he is James Bond, but he is also a great actor. He is a great actor. Uh, tell me something about him. He, he seems to be a very, almost aloof person. I don't know him, but mm -hmm. he seems, his presence and uh, his way he carries himself off screen, seems to be very aloof, a uh, very serious man. Yeah, well, he's, he's very kind, too. He's real, very generous. Uh, I, I said this, he's probably the biggest movie star I've ever been around. What is a movie star these days? I mean, I've only been around, I think, a couple. Yeah. Of, I mean, if you know what I mean. No, I, mean, I do. Kind of, no, I when do. they enter a room, uh, you say, whoa. Yeah. And you almost react like a child. Well, I, I think that there, you know, there, there has to be history there. You know? I think that you know, people do good work, and there's just too big a tendency to, to, to write the word genius onto them or, or, or movie star. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a line. It's like a girl becoming a woman. You can't, you, you can always tell who's a girl and you can always tell who's a woman, you know, and it's, it's a, it's some kind of crossing line and, and uh, it's, it's, it's hard to discern when that happens, but it's very clear when it does. And, and, uh, Sean Connery is that. Is he protective of his image, you think? No, because he's real confident with himself. And, uh, I've, to talk so much about Sean, I love to do, but at a certain point, I, I feel like yeah, really. I don't know. You know, I you don't know, know yeah. enough to Absolutely. to. Um, I it's, I assume too many things, and I wouldn't want to do that about him. In watching your performance, I understand you're a little nervous when it comes to, like last night when you uh, saw this. Well, maybe did you even look up? Did you uh, watch <laughs> yourself? Or? Well, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't wrecking the movie, and when I. Uh, <laughs> You know, when, when some of my friends assured me that I wasn't and I could kind of watch it. I got caught up in the movie a couple of times, uh, but it basically was hard to watch. Do you like seeing yourself in a costume like, you don't dress that way, I mean, in a suit or in no. a hat or uh, looking like, the, like trying to really look older? No. My, you know, I, I just think my girls, I have two girls, and I just think that probably one day if they say to me, you know, Dad, you were kind of cool, you look pretty mm -hmm. cool, I think that's probably the, you know, uh, the satisfaction in it. I think this is the best. Uh, I have two. My two favorite Kevin Costner things are now this, and then I liked your performance in The Mission, the amazing story with uh -huh. Steven Spielberg, and then I like the other stuff. But I really like this a lot. Do you think you're, so far this is maybe the best thing you've done? I don't know. Um, I was very proud of a film I did called Fandango. Mm -hmm. It's a mixed bag mm -hmm. Fandango, um, the first five minutes, but it's a very special film. I, I, I don't know. Um, I like The Mission too, actually. Mm -hmm. You know, we did that like in five days. It was very quick but I liked it. It was a, a 
very unusual. I'm, so, I'm sorry, more people didn't see it probably. Yeah, it wasn't, and uh, and and it was, it was, it was very good. Steven's great. Mm -hmm. What's next for you? I uh, will have a film coming out in August called No Way Out with Gene Hackman. That's a good movie. A good movie. It's a good, that's a good character for me to play. Do you have any expectations of what you want this to do for your career? I mean, you look at this as a career movie. I mean, you are the you know, top man in this movie and it's built around you and I guess it makes it or it doesn't make it a lot with Kevin Costner. I, I don't have any expectations. I, um, uh, you know, it seems like, well, that's not possible. You have to be mapping out your career. I do. I map out my career to the point of what movie I want to be in. But I, I, it's, a very tough, it's a tough game predicting hits. You know, that's it's, a, it's, a tough, it's a tough call. And, and the, the thing that serves me best is, is the, within the industry, people like me and, and, and I just may, maybe have a slow build of people at least. Uh, I take my time on the kind of movie I do and maybe that will pay off for me. Well, I like you, Kevin, so you're fine. Thank hey. you. <laughs> All right. Stop Bye -bye. it. <laughs> There's some movies that are good. Yeah. That's a Brian De Palma. And he's got so many so uh, the scenes of the of the baby carriage going down oh, yeah. the stairs. Yeah, great. And shot, Andy, yeah. whatever his name is, Garcia. Yep. You know, he's one of the cops in there. He slides in and shoot. I mean, that is a brilliantly yep. put together scene. And uh, there's just so much I love. I could watch. I could literally move over here and say, "Okay, roll it." And we could watch the Untouchables, and I'd be really happy for two hours watching hey, that. And that is not easy to say about a lot of movies. I mean, there's very most most movies. Agree, agree. Star Wars, I've seen a lot of times. Yeah, I have too. You know, I mean, there there's certain movies I've seen a lot of times, but Untouchables, man, that was just a good, the music, the soundtrack, how it was put together, the story, yeah, the bad guy with. You know, the Al Capone character, De Niro, wow. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the better things he ever did, too. Agree. Well, now we're going off into another area now. Kevin would sock me in the face if he hears the next comment. Okay, go. There were two of these movies that came out at the same time. And his version of Wyatt Earp is very good, but I love the other version so much better. And I've watched, now that's a movie I've watched. <laughs> Over 10 times. What was Tombstone. the other one called? Tombstone, yeah. So Tombstone. The music, oh my goodness, uh, everybody in that movie Val was Val Kilmer, was right? Great. Wasn't Val, Val Kilmer. Oh. You know, here's, I got your buttercup. And yeah. I mean, it's, I'm your Huckleberry. Oh my God, yeah, it's that great. Was but anyway, he did this, he he was really, he was into the old West. Kevin Costner loves the West. How the yeah. West was won yeah. was the most important movie in his young life. Really? So, Dancing with Star, Dancing with the Dancing with Stars, Dancing with the Wolves. Uh, <laughs> he would suck you for uh, that one too. Was, was was a you know land was a mar. That was the highest point it in his great. life. Yeah, it was great. Academy yeah. Award winning film for him. But this is the movie he made about Wyatt Earp, and uh, the box office was a little mixed on this one. You've been working pretty hard lately, haven't you? I have. I mean, you've, has it pretty much been nonstop, like a year and a half or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I, I knew it was a year and a half coming in, and, and I'll finish up this movie I'm doing now, Waterworld, and then I'll stop for a while. Yeah, I would think that just kind of, you ought to be, you, you don't look worn out, but I would think that, that would kind of get to you going. Yeah, no, moving, I want to stop. I want to stop. But I, I knew that these movies lined up. I mean, it's my W movies, my perfect world, Wyatt Earp, The War, and Waterworld. Is there a lot of pressure for you to keep working when you would like to maybe do one movie a year or something like that? There's not pressure. It's just, you know, the, you know, the, the notion is when you're beginning as an actor, you can't ever get work. work. And then all of a sudden you can work whenever you want. And then you make, a, you know, a good amount of money. And then there's, there's people to tell you to retire. And you're in your 30s. And you, it's not in your makeup to retire, you know, to stop. But 
it's more in it now than it, you know to, to slow down and to stop than it was let's say four years ago or three years ago you know that you know you work hard to get somewhere and then immediately people are saying well you could just do whatever you want but you realize this is what you've been wanting to do and now you know th there's other aspects of my life that are interesting to me and so you know I'll just explore them yeah that's nice that you can do that isn't it yeah it's just you know you, you I've got to finish these uh, obligations of, of, of these situations were you a little disappointed in that, uh, I know you had to be thrilled that Bodyguard did so well. That did better yeah. than any expectation, right? Right. Uh, were you a little disappointed that people didn't want to see you as a bad guy in I didn't Perfect think, World? I didn't really think that. You know, I think that, that movie success rise on how good the movies are. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, that, I didn't even think I was a bad guy. I thought that he was bad. He just had, you know, nobody understood his particular problem. <laughs> he was a bad guy. But, okay. I, but that movie is very representative of the movies that I like to be in. Yeah. You know, the language was strong. It was. I know it's an actor's movie, but I mean, it's not typecasting in it, but you're a hero, and there's so few people who can get away with that in a movie, and there's so few people, you know, I love a hero, and I think the world yeah, does. Yeah, well, I think I got You know, Untouchables, you'd list all your great roles, yeah. and they've all been heroic. I think I get away with playing Butch Haines in Perfect World. The, um, I don't think it's the, the, the movie, the gross situation, is a matter of people not wanting to see me as a bad guy. I think it's more a function of that movie you know, and what was done. Wyatt Earp was a troubled soul. I never thought of him that way, but historically I believe he was. Well, I think probably, you know, that's why I, I try to make movies a little just where you're thinking just a hair more. And um, when you think about it, his life couldn't be any different than any one of ours. That It was complicated. It wasn't a matter of just walking down the streets and, and, and shooting the bad guys. This is a guy that had a whole life. Had a whole life. There are a lot of things that formed him. This guy who's a mythic person in our culture he had a real life he was a little boy he he had lessons in life he became a, a man and what led him to be one of these kind of guys that could just walk down a street and challenge challenge was you know he's that's what was interesting to us do you think he felt invincible that there was never a bullet made for him no I don't think I don't think that I just think that some men operate differently um, in crisis situations and I think he was a very cool customer and and he you know if he had a guardian angel I don't think he depended on him I think he depended on his own wits and resourcefulness and sense of cool you know we've grown up watching all these old westerns you never heard about these guys having heartbreak and you know they did they did and and I think that that's what that's why I could make wider and that's why I wanted to I loved his relationship with these three women in it I loved the wives how they were treated and how they stood up for themselves you know you you feel like you're having an honest brush with your past would we have liked Wyatt Earp if he came in the room right now we were forced to sit with him like to go on a trip or something he had to sit with us? Would well, we he like might him? not like you or he might like you. I think, I think very principled guys are very difficult to like sometimes because they draw real deep lines in the dirt. And, 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 I, and if he said, I, I don't you know, like Jimmy or I blah, 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 mm -hmm. and I go, why? You know, he goes, I just don't. And, yeah. you know, and what happens is oftentimes those guys are very difficult to be around. What happens is a person of character and of real uh, a character like that, what happens is they're so consistent that if you can hack being around them for a year, you actually come to appreciate their consistency more than somebody who vacillates. You know, somebody who's very true to themselves, mm -hmm. you might not like it at first, but a year later as you watch them operate, you go, you know, I can count on him more than I ever could, these people that are actually fun to be around, because I know how he's going to react in a given situation. 
Yeah, you I always know, like people to know where they stand. That's exactly. Something good about that. And those aren't always the easiest people to be around. Mm -hmm. I've worked for a lot of those kind of people in my life. All right, nice seeing you again. Okay, Jim. You know, Kevin got to be somehow, I guess, such a big star, he got a little controversial. And he got very defensive about certain things. Interesting. Uh, yeah. He was in a movie JFK that was comp that was uh, that was controversial. That was a good movie. Was, I, I like that movie. I thought he was, was in a movie where he played a bad guy, uh, Perfect World again, where he was controversial. Yeah. Clint Eastwood was the good guy. He was the bad guy. I mean, you could go on and on about it. But then he made this movie, uh, and another. It was none of the, one of these projects is a passion project called The Postman. People had tried to oh, make it yeah. for a long time, and they did. 1997. It was a commercial disappointment and uh, an artistic failure, according to many critics. I stand somewhere in the middle. I was thinking uh, today. I said, you know, Kevin Costner. I've known. I've been interviewing you since '84, '85. Is there anything about you that is still the same since No Way Out? Yeah. My, you know, hopefully the greatest, the greatest part of me is the same because I, I wouldn't like to think that I've changed. I would like to think the people that knew me then can know me now. But, you know, my sensibility about film is the same. Uh, you know, I, uh, I've learned more about the world and, you know, I've seen more and, and that, that, that's what you expect to have happen in your life. That's what you want to have happen. But the core of who I am, uh, I hope, is the same. Is, do you have to kind of every once in a while make sure you're going back to you're not forgetting who you are? Is it easy to do with all this Hollywood stuff and well, you know, you covers can, of everywhere, you know, of all the magazines and stuff like but, that? But That's you have to understand stuff. why there's covers. There's not covers because I'm really special. <laughs> there's covers because people want to see the movies and there's and, and that's the way movies are advertised. You know, it's it's uh, and that's why I only appear when movies come out. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I go live my life. You know, I was watching you last night at the screening. And you watched the movie, and you watched the movie, and you had to have seen this movie a lot. That's the first time I ever saw it with, oh, really? with all that Means music. With all the whole thing? Yeah. Because you were watching it, and a lot of actors don't really want to watch. They can't do that. Right. Or even directors, I think. They're uncomfortable. Yeah. Are you watching it? Are you detached a little bit? Or are you I really needed to watch it? it because I hadn't finished it, Yeah. You know, and yet I was putting it in front of people. Is it comfortable for you to watch? Yeah. Because one of the Lawrence was saying how, how you told him that you need to watch yourself to know what you're doing sometimes. Some people don't want to watch dailies. Right. Yeah, I like that. I like the whole process of the movie making. I liked hearing the audience respond to things that I thought mm -hmm. they would respond to two years ago. Mm -hmm. When I first read it, I go, that's a funny moment. And then to see it two years later on film and people laugh, you go, that's funny. You have to be proud of yourself when you see such a big movie like this. I will say, the first question somebody had me to ask you today said, why does he make such long movies? And I told them, I said, my favorite movies of all time are long ones. Great yeah. Escape, uh, I mean, so many, The Longest yeah, yeah. Day. I don't think this movie is long. I think this movie is very complete. You know, it's not missing things. You know, and a lot of movies just rush to judgment, rush to that big bang ending, you know, just, you know and, and, let's, and let's make a sequel of it as mm -hmm. quick as we can, you know, let's do the quick joke or whatever. This movie's not long that way. This movie's really satisfying, and, it, and it's like, and it's not the only kind of movie. That's, that's too, too narrow to judge. And that person also, if they would think that way, then all of a sudden movies are all going to start to look and smell the same. They're all going to be a certain length, you know. Forget about it. Some things take more time, you know. Bull Durham was the length it needed to be. Ten Cup was the length it needed to be. This movie is the length that it needed to be. And if you don't support movies like this, not to say you have to go, but if you don't, if you don't support, if you haven't, you're not going to see movies. 
that, that, that are trying to just please a certain segment or demographic. I make movies because for people who have liked The Great Escape, who have liked uh, Spartacus, who have liked Giant. Those movies wouldn't be made today in the climate unless somebody's willing to go out and make them and then people have to support them. Giant's not gonna be made. Either is Lawrence of Arabia. And people who say that they would are full of shit. But you feel like you've been to a movie when you've been to this one and even wider and certainly Dances with Wolves. I feel like I've gotten something out of that, not just some 90 minutes, well, I'll forget about that in 20 minutes. Yeah, it, you've seen a life. You've seen a journey, you know, for that matter, JFK. There's, yeah, a, right. there's a thing where you go, wow, and, and, and people aren't quick to not tell me things that they think that I shouldn't hear. You know, it's, it's important, you know, to, to see the vanity of Will Patton, you know. Yeah, you got the joke, but a lot of people maybe would cut right after where he says, you know, a military man should keep a journal. It's the only way to mm -hmm. stop the slander. You realize the, the height of his vanity and how he's thinking about his future. That doesn't drive the movie, but it lets you know the psychotic, the vanity, the everything that exists with him that makes him a great character in film. Well, Kevin Costner's best director is Kevin Costner, <laughs> and uh, I've, I've always liked it when you do, when you have a personal hand in what you do, and I, I like it. I know I'll always go. Thank you. And spend the bucks. Thank and you. I'll go back because there's a lot to see in this movie that I think I didn't see. It's nice to take your children to see something yeah. like this because you go, there is a morality mm -hmm. that exists here that's a fine line. And you got to be so proud of your little boy. That look is a million, five hundred million dollar look. The end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, when he finally lets it go. And that's smiles. a daddy's proud moment. Yeah, I was pleased with JoJo. Yeah, I see you. Thank you. Kevin Costner. Uh, we actually could even do a part three, but we won't. Uh, he was in a lot of movies after the 2000s. Yeah. He was in one good one that I liked. Uh, he didn't have the biggest part, but it was really good. He played the fictional character of Al Harrison in a NASA space group called hidden figures oh, this was about african-american women yes. that really figured out how we were going to get to the moon yes and never got credit for it completely he started the yellowstone thing in 2018 wow he's 2018. doing a movie now called horizon that starts up in the august in august 22 uh, it's a western epic split into four films each under three hours in length so who knows that is interesting uh, what, what an interesting format that is it's just like how the Westwood won that way. If you remember that movie was yeah. three different movies yeah. in one movie. Yeah. yeah. And so he's, you know, it's going, he's going back to the beginning on that. But again, an interesting guy you thought, and let's go ahead and say it like it is. Yeah. You thought he sounded on some of the older interviews when you listened to him, a little arrogant, yes, I a did. little yeah. uh, something. Yeah. I've always felt that Kevin had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. I think he's great. Yeah. I think he's a great director. I think he's a visionary. Uh, you know, he's he's an actor that's that's not Lawrence Olivier or Robert De Niro. No, but he's a hero. I've said it yeah. many times yeah. in that interview that he is someone that can play like a Chris Reeves in Superman. I agree. In fact, he did play Superman's father the, in that's Man right. of Steel. That is, that is right. No, and you I remember. Can, and I'll tell you what, in listening to some of these inter interviews from the early part one when he was very young, the arrogance yeah, silver, as he got a little older and he gets into his the other films and he's in his 50s or whatever he is in these interviews he mellows out a little bit i think he puts himself in yeah. more comfortable with himself without having to fight for you know you to believe that he's super intelligent and I or think whatever he had to, i think he dealt i was on his team i yeah. mean i yeah. always liked him and he had to be reminded of that every once okay i'm one of the good guys i'm not one of the 
the other people. Gotcha. Uh, and I was, I always, I always uh, really liked Kevin, yeah. but I always felt like he had something to prove and it was him against the world yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah. swimming upstream all the time and whatever it was. And uh, he just, that's just how he is. It no, might. people don't accomplish what Kevin has done. I mean, dancing with Wolf, if that was the only thing he ever did, that would still be yeah. iconic. And sure. he won Oscars and everything for yeah. that. The bodyguard stands up there yeah. in a place that no one thought this movie could do anything. And it became iconic because of Whitney and his relation. He remember he spoke at her funeral. Yeah, I do remember that. He spoke. They were close. I mean, he's, he really... He nursed her through that movie because yeah. she wasn't remembering her lines and he had to work with her. And if he'd have, you know, it had gone in a whole nother direction. Right. And then you've got Yellowstone as another part. Waterworld is in there somewhere. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't like the that. movie, but it was a financial success ultimately. And people just gave him hell for that movie. Yeah, I, do I did that. the, uh, if you, if they ever run them again, the A&E series called Biography. Mm -hmm. I am on the A&E Biography series of Kevin Costner. Uh, I went to New York. Uh, I sat down and did all the interviews. I was one of the experts. I'll be done. I've followed him as much as anybody has yep. over the years and interviewed him. And there's a lot of interviews you hadn't heard. Indeed. Indeed. He is a, he's a complicated guy. I really think that, uh, you know, he's a, he sees himself as a singer. Mm -hmm. he, he thinks he can do anything. He's one of there those people yeah. that I can do anything, you know, and I'm <laughs> going to be good at it too. And he believes it. Right. Great looking guy. We'd all like to look like Kevin Costner. Well, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, there you go. So. Well, uh, enlightening. And uh, thank you for helping us put the uh, jigsaw puzzle known as Kevin Costner together in, in a mm. form that we can recognize. And just a, a great treat. And uh, we'll do more from the vault next week. So make sure you tune in. For now, I'm Derek Walker. He is. I'm Jimmy Carter. Good day. Good day.